fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. So we can see here through this scripture that they provided a place, uh, some shelter for him as he was traveling. And, and that's important to, because there are times that we do travel and, you know, as ministers, sometimes we travel and we, and people provide a place for you to stay. When I was a missionary and we travel on deportation, you know, the ministers and the pastors would always provide shelter for us. Sometimes we had to provide it for ourselves, but 90% of the time the ministers uh, provided that for us. Amen. And that was uh, important. It was kind of like this lady would was providing for Elijah. And so that was important. Now, Psalm 61 verse 3 says, For thou hast been a shelter for me. And a strong tower from the enemy. You notice Psalm 61 3. For thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. You see, in the name of the Lord, we can run into the Lord. When you look at uh, Proverbs 18:10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and is saved. We can always find safety in Christ. That's why the name of the Lord is a strong tower. One of the first things that God did with Moses and the children of Israel when he came out, he wanted them to establish a place of refuge. They needed cities of refuge so that if they accidentally killed someone, they could flee to that place and find refuge. So God is our refuge and God is our strength. We can always find protection. Shelter is a place of protection. It's a place that you can have over your head. It can be a covert. It can be whatever. We need to have that protection. And it's always good to know that we can find shelter in Jesus Christ. Amen. For thou has been a shelter for me. In other words, David is saying, God, you've always protected me. Amen. And you can always find protection in Christ. Amen. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you can find rest unto your soul. When you know you have shelter over your head, when you know you got protection, amen, you can find rest. Amen. This is why Isaiah says, he'll keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him. And Psalms 91, amen, go to Psalms 91. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite passages here. Amen. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Notice here. Amen. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall, adwe- shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You will always have that protection. And I will say of the Lord that he's my refuge, my God and my fortress in whom I will trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowl and from the north of the pestle. He will cover me, what? Under his wings. Amen. That protection. It has been said by firefighters that when they have been fighting fires throughout the, the forest and throughout the woods out west in many places that they have came upon a, a caucus of a burned dead 
chicken or dead duck or whatever out in the woods. It, it, the, the mother, uh, the dam is, is, is charred. But they, they, they move it with their shovel or they kick it over with their feet underneath or the babies are there, still alive. That mother was willing to sacrifice herself for that protection of her youngs. That protection, that shelter. She provided that shelter and that protection. And this is what God does for us is He covers us. He says, under His wing, amen, He will protect us. He will fold us. He says to Israel, oh Israel, how I long to just put my arms around you as a mother hen did her chicks, but you would not lift let me. Therefore, you'll left desolate. And in other words, if we walk out from under God's loving kindness and protection for us, it is not His fault. He desires to protect us from hurt, harm, and danger. This is why so many scriptures are cautioning and giving us encouragement that God will protect us. God will overshadow us. He will keep us, amen, from the harms and the things that comes our way. And so we have to realize this, amen. He will make a habitation for us. Amen. That refuge. He shall not be disappointed of his hope. As long as you know that you are under the shadows of God's wing. As long as you know you got protection by God. It increases your hope. It increases your faith. To let you know everything is going to be alright. Amen. This is what God desires out of each one of us. Amen. He will always be there for us. And this is important, amen, that God will provide shelter. And this is what David says, Thou has been a shelter for me and a strong tower in the place of my enemies, amen. Nothing is going to be able to take you, as Jesus said, out of the palm of my hand, amen. You will have that protection, amen. Just think about how protected God is, how much protection he has for you. Amen. And over you, nothing, amen, shall be able to harm you. Amen. Second Corinthians 5, 1 Corinthians 5.1. 2 Corinthians 5.1. Paul writing to the church, he says, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle be dissolved, we have a building of God and a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Amen. We've got another house. That is waiting for us. Amen. This tabernacle. Amen. Once this thing dissolves. Amen. If we've lived for God. If we've stayed under the shadows of his wing. If we have been underneath his protection. When this thing is gone. We've got another temple that is waiting for us. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Amen. We're going to a better house. Know you not, he said, that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Which is, you're not your own. You've been brought with a price. Amen. So though this fleshly temple decay. We've got another building that's going to last forever 
and ever and ever. Amen. And it will be that protection there. Amen. That God will provide for us. That shelter. The Bible says, amen, that the children of Israel, when God led them out of Egypt, they had the cloud over them for day and the fire by them by night. Now think about that for a moment. They have protection over them. You know, he will provide for shelter. Amen. When you look at Job, what does Satan tell tell God about Job? He says, you've got a hedge of protection around him. You see, he says, you know, Job don't fear you for nothing. You've got a hedge of protection around him. You know, and he said, you take it down and he'll curse you to your face. God's okay. He's in your hands. Just can't take his life. You know, and see, this is, as I was saying last week, things we've got to grasp as children of God. God's got us protected. As long as we stay where we're supposed to be, we got a shelter of protection. There shall no evil befall you, neither shall the plague come nigh your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hand, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Amen. You're going to be protected. Amen. The hell can come. The rain can come. But you got a shelter over you. I don't care if it's a lean-to. Amen. But, but God is going to protect you. Amen. You are, He's a shelter for us. Though this earthland vessel fade away, amen, we've got a better house that's waiting for us that was not made with, with hands, amen. It's made by God, amen. Praise God. So he's going to provide us shelter. And at the same time that he's providing us shelter, we should provide for shelter for others and ourselves and our own households, Amen. We should have the shelter of protection around our houses. Amen. We need to be protected, those, to make sure that nothing is coming in that can destroy or cause damage or hurt in our homes, to our families, our loved ones in any way. We should monitor what is going on on the Internet. We should monitor what we watch on the television. We should monitor what we let people do inside of our house because that's our shelter. That's our protection. And if the enemy can get in, if there's a breach, the way he can get in and can begin to cause damage. The Bible says he's subtle. Amen. If he can come in with just a little bit and, and get inside of your shelter, he can begin to be like a termite. You see one termite, amen, can get inside of your house and you can see him fly in and you can say, oh, it's just one old termite. He ain't going to create any problems. He's not going to do any damage. And the next thing you know, your house is gone. He's ate it all up and all you got is sawdust. Well, that's the way the enemy does, amen. He comes in subtle, amen. He comes in and he plants just a little bit of doubt, a little bit of of seed, of, of, of fear, just a little bit of seed of panic, just a little bit of something to try to take that shelter of protection away from you so that you won't believe in God, you won't trust God, you won't stand on the Word of God. Amen. This is what He desires to do. 
But you must protect, amen, and provide natural shelter and you must provide spiritual shelter over your family and over your loved ones, amen, so that they know that they too, as they grow, can trust and believe in God, amen. He will be a shelter for me in the times of the storm, in the times of trouble. No matter what comes my way, God will be there for us. Amen. He's our shelter in the storms and in the time of the storm. Amen. Shelter, shelter. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Oh, the shelter of the Lord. This is what God desires to provide. Amen. And we provide that natural. He provides that spiritual for us. Amen. Number D. Clothing. 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 Amen. Clothing. Number D. Genesis 3.21. Genesis 3.21. We see here that God says unto Adam... Unto Adam and also to his wife did the Lord make coats of skins, and he clothed them. Notice natural, natural clothing here. We know that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, amen, God slew an animal and provided them coats of skins to cover them, amen. And we know that the Lord told Moses that when the priest was to come before them, that they were to be clothed. So that he did not see their nakedness. Sad to say that the world today is flaunting nudity at every juncture. Every juncture. Amen. It's as if they have no knowledge of what to put on. Not realizing the danger that they are establishing before others. Amen. In this world. People are wondering... What is going on? Why there's so much rape? Why there's so much, um, what you say, divorce and things that are taking place? It is all because people are not clothed. People are not clothed. Amen. As Christians, we must be wise. If we say that we are Christians then we must be wise when it comes to our dress and appearance and our attire. We need to clothe ourselves in modest apparel. We need to choose our attire carefully. God clothed Adam and Eve when they were naked. And Moses was told to tell the children of Israel to be clothed. Now, notice what Job says here in this uh, passage of Scripture here in Job 29, 14. Job says, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. Job says, I put on righteousness. What does that mean, Jordan?
Okay, good, very good. Amen. We need to put on righteousness. One of the things the kids have been learning down in, in the children's church this month is about obedience. And last, last Sunday we were talking about obedience and we learned that God told, uh, Saul what? And Samuel told Saul what, Miriam? To obey is what? Amen. It's better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fats of ram. He says, has God so great delight, amen, and burnt offers and sacrifice and as in obeying the voice of God. You see, they got you. We got to listen to what God is telling us because it's for our protection. And so really all righteousness is, is obedience here is doing what is right. Job says, I have put on what? Righteousness. See, we have to get to that point as children of God that I'm going to do right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to be right. Amen. Not only my attire in the natural is going to protect me and clothe me and present me as a child of the Most High God, but my spiritual life is going to show forth God in my life. My righteousness, my judgment, my justice, my character is all going to reflect Christ in my life. Because if I become righteousness the way God wants me to be righteous, then my attire will also start being right as well. No one will have to tell me that what I'm wearing is not right. No one will have to tell me that I need to to clothe myself. Amen. I will automate the Spirit. Jesus said the Spirit will bring me into all truth. Amen. And Revelation 19.8. Go open your Bible. Revelation 19.8. Amen. We see here that the Revelation 19.8 tell us. Amen. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Notice, it's the righteousness of saints. See, and this is what God wants us to put on. It's righteousness. Say, because this is the only way you're going to go to heaven is righteousness. Look at Psalms 15. Go to Psalms 15. We'll come back to Revelation 19.8, so don't lose your spot. Amen. Psalms 15. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hills? Verse 2. He that walk uprightly and work it righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up approach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honored them that feared the Lord, he that sweared to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money for usury, nor take reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Amen. But notice, go back to verse 2. Go back to verse 2. Amen. Psalms 15, 2. 
Can you get there? Amen. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness. Amen. Worketh righteousness. In other words, you're going about to do what is right. This is why James tells us in James 4.17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We know what to do is right. Because God gave us his spirit. And his spirit is truth. Amen. And so this is why we should be doing right. Our our linen, amen, when we leave this world, amen, the righteousness is what gets us to that place that we're heading to. We, no, we, we're not perfect in sense without error and without fault, but we're working it. See, that's why you got to work it. <laughs> As we say in the military, make the plan and work the plan. You know, you got a purpose in your heart. Amen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it. And it starts with me purposing in my heart to learn to do what is right. To ask for forgiveness when I know or think my brother may have ought against me. Amen. I got to be the bigger of the deal here. Amen. So that I'm living right and doing what is right. I'm listening to the voice of God. When God's words speak to me, I become obedient to what He is asking of me to do. And so in Revelation 19.8, it says that the white linen, amen, is the, the righteousness of the saints. Amen. And so this is why when Paul is bringing us to the armor, the second piece of armor he tells us to put on is the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, learn to protect your heart. Amen. Because Jesus says what goes in don't defile the man, but what comes out. So we got to let righteousness be as a sifter. Can I put it that way? we got to let righteousness sift all the wrong out. Amen. When it speaks to us and nope, that ain't right, you know, then you've got to say, I'm not going to do that. Amen. This is what you want to do. You want to learn how to do what is right. Amen. Before God at all times. And so Job says, I put on righteousness. In Galatians 3, 27, amen. We know that God is righteous, right? So in Galatians 3.27, Paul writing to the church of Galatia, he says, For as many as you has been baptized into Christ, has put on Christ. He said, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Notice, we put on Christ when we're baptized. So if I have been clothed in Christ, then I should walk in Christ. Amen. Amen. I should walk in Him. See, this is why we have to allow His Spirit to lead us. As the song says, let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me astray. For without you, I could never make heaven my home. Amen. We want to walk in Him. We want to talk in Him. We want to be like Him because He's righteous. And so therefore, when I put on Christ, I'm putting on the things that He wants me to have. Amen. When I have Him on, I'm protected. It's almost like having on a body armor. 
<laughs> you know, you know, Under Armour ain't got nothing on God. <laughs> Amen. I'm protected from, by Him. Praise God. Because He covers me. Amen. I'm just walking in Christ. I'm allowing Him to lead me because I want to do what is right. I want to be clothed and I want to be covered in Him. Amen. So when people see me, they don't see me. They see Christ. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And those good works is works of righteousness. Doing those right things. See? And they will recognize who you are. We must be clothed in Christ. We must put on obedience and all that we do. Amen. And Job says, I put on righteous and it clothed me. Amen. Notice, it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe. Amen. Amen. You remember the first thing the father called when his son came back home, the prodigal son? What did he ask for? He says, bring the best robe. Bring the best robe and put on him. Put shoes on his feet. Put a ring on his finger. Amen. And kill the fatted calf. This my son was lost. And he's found. He was dead and he's alive again. In other words, clothe him. Get the right things back on him. See, this is what God wants. Is He wants to clothe us with the robe of righteousness. He wants us to have on our feet the gospel, the preparation of peace. Amen. He wants us to have the ring of ownership. Amen. To say, hey, this is my son. Amen. This is what he wants. He wants you to be clothed in him. Amen. He wants us to have these things. And that crown on our head. Amen. With all the precious jewels. Amen. That's going to make you a child of the king. Praise God. He wants you to be clothed. Amen. Looking good. Amen. It's what God desires. So as Christian soldiers, amen, these are the things we should be provided, both natural and spiritual. As a soldier, when the first thing you did, we did when we came into the military, and if you ever been in the military, you know, they says, uh, the recruiter told me, he says, just bring a couple of changes of clothes, you know, and... You know, a few underclothes with you. You know, he says, probably you don't want to bring your good stuff because you ain't going to keep it anyhow. So when I got to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, that early morning, amen, I had on my jeans and I had on a little T-shirt and stuff, you know, and a little ditty bag with a little underclothes in because I didn't know a few socks and things of that nature, shaving toothbrush and all that shaving kit, all that. The next morning, they put us in formation, and they marched us over to this warehouse. They says, all right, get out of all that junk. Script you down to your DVDs, <laughs> and you gave you a duffel bag, a green duffel bag. And you're dragging your duffel bag through, called the duffel bag drag. <laughs> 
They bring you through and they start handing you clothes. What size you wear? One of the guys is over there measuring you off and stuff and how long and everything else. And they're giving you your, your, your pants. And then you go to the next, they give you your shirts. And then they give you underwear. And then they give you green socks. And they give you all this stuff. And by the time you get to the end of the line, you've got everything you need to be a new soldier. And then they take you around the other place. You take your shirts out. Amen. What's your name? And they sew your name tag on. They already got your name tags ready. You know, get it all on there. Amen. And you walk out, your hat, you know, your baseball cap, you don't know which way. But you know what? You ain't a civilian anymore. <laughs> Everybody's in the same uniform. Amen. Uncle Sugar owns me now. <laughs> Amen. The U.S. Army. Amen. Tags are on you. Marine, Air Force, whatever. It puts you in the system. Amen. You are clothed now in what the military wants you to be clothed in. And then they teach you how to wear that uniform. They teach you, amen, the value of that uniform and protection. And later on, they begin to tell you you're going to have to maintain it. They give you a clothing allowance so that you can maintain your initial issue of clothing. Amen. And how to care for it. Buy new boots. Buy new uniform. Buy new underclothes. All these things they provide for you because you're a part of the system. Amen. And they expect you to take care of it. And so it's the same way in the church. Amen. When we come into this relationship with Jesus Christ and he clothed us, we get baptized in his name. We put on Christ. He expects us to maintain. Amen. He expects us to maintain righteousness. He expects us to maintain holiness. He expects us to do the things that his word tells us to do. Amen. To be right. Amen. Because he wants us to reign and to live with him forever. And he knows that he wants us to be recognized as his children and not the children of the world. As he told the religious leaders that kept coming after him. He says, you're your father, the devil, and the works of your father you will do. Amen. But we're not of the devil anymore. The devil used to have me. He used to. I used to look like the devil. I used to act like the devil. I used to dress like the devil. Amen. But now I'm a child of the king. Amen. And so therefore my garment should reflect him as my heavenly father. Amen. That I'm living for him and I'm living in righteousness and I'm living with justice. I, I'm, I'm impartial. Amen. I'm, I'm not impartial. Amen. But I love all people. I do what is right. I, I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I, I have long suffering. All the works and the fruits of the Spirit, I'm doing it. Amen. As Paul told the church's Ephesus, amen, Ephesus chapter 5, verse 1, through verse 5, I think. We'll go on down through a little bit here. Ephesians chapter 5. We're getting there. I might finish tonight, my goodness. Ephesians 5, 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Right? Notice. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. God is right. 
So we got to follow righteousness. Paul says, you follow me as I follow Christ, right? Amen. So we got to learn how to do it. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and have given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God as a sweet smelling savor. Amen. But fornication and all uncleanliness, a covetous, let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. Amen. Don't let these things be named much. Why? Because you're clothed in righteousness. These things are not righteous. They're not right. You know, you know somebody asked me a, a, a time before, they says, you know, about the same-sex marriage. I said, tell me, what's the purpose of marriage? God created marriage to stop fornication. And to reproduce. That's the only two purposes for, for marriage. So you don't fornicate and reproduction. That's the only purpose. You know, if you're right, you ain't fornicating, you don't need to get married. <laughs> you know, see, think about it. You know. You get married because you want to not do that and you want to reproduce. See, but fornication and all uncleanliness. See, let it not be once named amongst you as becoming saints. You want to do what is right. See, why? Because that's the right linen. It's the linen, the white linen. The righteousness is the white linen. Verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For you know, verse 5, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Verse 6. Let no man deceive you be with vain words, because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of. What was Saul's problem? Disobedience. And I think this week, Romans 6, 16, it's going to be what? Okay. You're going to get it, right? To whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, to him you are servants to obey, whether sin unto death or obedience to righteousness, right? So we're going to get it. You'll get it by Sunday. You kids will have it by Sunday. I know you'll be smart. I know. Amen. But you're not that you're, be not therefore partakers with them. Notice, don't partake with them. Amen. Verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. See, this is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5.16. You are the light of the world. You're a city that's set on the hill. See, your righteousness, you've got to be clothed correctly. Doing what is right, because as long as you're doing right, you're going to be bright. 
You're going to shine as the day, the sun. Amen. You will be revealed here. Amen. Walk as your light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness. See? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Is in righteousness and truth. See? You can't separate these things. And this is why God wants you to be clothed in righteousness. When we put him on, this is what he's trying to say. Don't let the old man be once named amongst you. You killed him. Remember? You died. You repented. You say, I'm through with him. He's trouble for me. He's filthy. He's nasty. He makes me say bad things. He makes me live not right. So I'm going to get rid of him. I'm burying him in the grave of waters and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm coming up and I'm walking in newness of life. God puts his spirit in us. And now the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. When I do what is good, when I live and do what is right, and when I speak the truth in my heart, because the Word of God is truth. Amen. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life, saith the Lord. Amen. So we want to be clothed. Amen. In righteousness. This is what God wants to put it on. Amen. So Job says, Amen. I put on righteousness. And it clothed me. You got protection. Amen. You don't have to. If you look at Proverbs 31, it talks about all oh, her children are protected. And scarlet. They don't have to worry about the snow. They don't have to worry about the cold. Amen. The cold things that come in life. Because they're protected. They're under the shadow. You go back that shelter. We are under the shelter. And we get under that in righteousness and doing what is right. Amen. So we got to be clothed. Amen. And righteousness here. Praise God. Amen. So we want to be fair. We want to be impartial. Amen. We want to be righteous. We want to keep on the breastplate of righteousness. Number E. Number E, the thing that Christian soldiers must provide is social acceptance. Social acceptance, both natural and spiritual. Amen. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. We cannot survive without other people. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, he said that there is one body and many members. One of the saddest stories in the Bible to me is about the man in the tombs of the Gadarenes. Amen. Nobody could tame him. Nobody could get to him. But Jesus, as soon as he stepped on shore, brought him back to his right mind. Amen. We should be able to bring people back into their right mind. Amen. Amen. Through the power and the teaching of God's word. Amen. Social acceptance is being accepted by others or into a group of others. We all want to belong. Loneliness and suicide has taken the life of many who has been rejected. 
As Christian soldiers, we must not reject any, but provide a way for others to be able to come into the group. As this is what the gospel is for, to bring others into the family of God. James tells us in James 2, 8 and 9, If you fulfill the royal law according to scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if you have respect to person, you commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Paul told the church at Rome, for there is no respect of persons with God, Romans 2 and 11. So really, hospitality, as we talked about already, is really a way to open the door to social acceptance. We need each other. When you look at Genesis 2, I think it's 18. Genesis 2:18, I think it is. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. It's not good that we be alone. He will make us a help meet. Amen. <laughs> he will. <laughs> Amen. He wants us to reach out. This is when you look at the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded of you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Amen. We need each other. And this is why the church in the early testament, if you look at Acts 2, Go to Acts 2, verse 42. Acts 2, 42. As the early church was being established, amen, and brought into unity of the body of Christ. Notice, and they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayer. See? That's bringing it together. See, when we realize the things that we are to provide as Christian soldiers, if we go back, the first thing we talked about was providing food. We talked about providing water. We talked about providing shelter. We talked about providing clothing, both natural and spiritual. When you look at all these things and you bring it together, amen, It brings in that social acceptance so the church can grow. See, as we begin to reach out to one another, as we begin to show love and righteousness and doing what is right, it ushers in this social acceptance amongst each other. Amen. If you look at Luke chapter 10, 38, it says, And it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Amen. Verse uh, 1038. Amen. Notice, Jesus came and they received him to his house. And we know the story that Mary immediately gets down at Jesus' feet and she's beginning to listen to him talk and Martha is coming about with much serving. Amen. All this is needed. Amen. But it shows the sexual acceptance that was taking place. Amen. Throughout the word of God and in the Bible. 
to show you and I that we too should be having fellowship with one another. We should be serving. We should be listening. Amen. We're laboring together for Christ to bring about the unity of the body. Amen. Now let's look at also here. Amen. Just one second. Galatians 1, 15 through 24. Galatians 15. I meant one, excuse me, Galatians 1, 15 through 24. If you find Galatians 15, let me know. <laughs> Amen. There's not that many chapters, only six. Amen. But Galatians 1, 15. Paul uh, is writing to the church of Galatians here. He says, but when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, Amen. And to call me in by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which was apostles before me. But I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and bow with him fifteen days. But others of the apostles saw I none, save James, the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, God, before God I lie not. Afterward I came into the region of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face unto the church of Judea, which was in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preached the faith which once he destroyed, and they glorified God. And me. Amen. Chapter 2, verse 9. Chapter 2, verse 9. And when James and Cephas and John, who seems to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the heathens, and they would go to the circumcision. See, so notice, they was accepted. Amen. Social accepted. They was brought in to the body of Christ. Amen. This is what we should do. When people walk through these doors, we should show them love and kindness. Amen. Because they're looking for Christ. Yes, they may be looking for a handout. But still, we should still show love and kindness. Because as Hebrews 13 tell us, let brotherly love continue. And be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some has entertained angels unaware. People are looking to belong. People are looking to be a part of groups. People are looking to be a part of a church. Amen. They want to be accepted. Amen. And so therefore, you and I who are as wise as serpents and harmless as doves should be able to help integrate them into the body of Christ. This is why Jesus has filled you and I with his spirit. Amen. So that we learn to do what is right. Jesus even went to the house of sinners, amen, to lead them out of that, amen, and into his marvelous light. We can beat up all the things the world is doing today. We can chastise and, and say negative and evil things against the world today, or we can be the light of the world. Amen. Because my Bible tells me where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Amen. And it's by grace are we saved. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. We have got to obey God's word. Amen. 
And Acts 16, verse 13 through 15. And I'm finishing here. And on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by the riverside where prayer was walked want to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Tyatera, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come unto my house. And abide there. And she constraineth us. Notice, Lydia opened her doors to the Paul and Silas and the others and says, Hey, come on into my house. Amen. If you found me to be worthy of the Lord, then come on in. And she constraineth them. Amen. That social acceptance, accepting them. Amen. Into the house and also into the church. And they accepted her into the church. Amen. As Christian soldiers, we must provide, amen, social acceptance as well. So during this month, we've talked about Christian soldiers being providers, amen. We must provide for our own household, amen, as well as for others. Let's live according to God's word, amen. So we must ensure that they have the things that they need to be successful in life. Things such as instructions and training, how one must love others, how to use hospitality effectively, and the sensuality of the basic needs of life must be shown to those of our own household. As Paul instructs Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.7, Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Christian soldiers as providers. Amen. Hopefully this lesson month, this lesson this month has helped. Amen. All of us, uh, I know it's helping me to grow. Amen. So hopefully it's helping you to grow. Next Wednesday night, there is no Bible study next Wednesday night because of family camp. So hopefully you can get off and come to family camp. If not, I ask you to pray for us. Study your lessons at home. Amen. I will try to have them to you. If I can get it done by Sunday, I'll have them to you for Sunday so you can study if you can't come. But if not, if I don't get it done in time, then famed scripture for next month. We're talking about a Christian soldiers as what? Let's see. Next month. Da, 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 da. Christian soldiers as teachers. I knew that. <laughs> Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he believeth not shall damn. Amen. Amen. So we're going to teach, teach. We're going to, we're going to talk next month about being Christian teachers. Amen. The time you ought to be teachers, right? Amen. This is what God desires. Amen. So we'll be talking about that next month as well. Don't forget this Saturday morning. Amen is uh outreach. We got men's prayer from eight to nine and then at nine thirty we're gonna do some uh door knocking, not just hanging not door knocking, but just hanging out some uh some uh flyers things for the uh church on the ground. The tenth is church on the grounds out here on the side. 
Amen. So there's some flyers back there. If you could please start taking those and with you, maybe to your neighborhoods and your work. Please, whatever you do, do not put them in people's mailboxes and do not hang them on people's mailboxes. It's a federal offense of a $10,000. So they've given me a warning before, so I don't know how many more warnings they might give me. The pastor don't have $10,000, so please don't hang them on people's mailboxes. Amen. Hand them to them in their hands if you, and just encourage them to come and be a part of with our church on the ground activities on July the 10th. Amen. If you can make family camp, I know you will be blessed. Amen. To hear Brother Raymond Woodward and Brother Bill Davis uh, ministering uh, at family camp, if you can make it. Again, let me say thanks to all of you that may, has made pledges to family camp and to the campgrounds. Uh, the work has already begun. I know we says $50 a year for the next 10 years, which would equate out about $500 a person, a family rather, excuse me, not a person, but a family. But if you can go to the uh, Wisconsin UPCI Facebook page or our website and see some of the pictures that are out there and some of the work that is being done on the uh, campgrounds, they've already uh, worked on the double-deckers. They put sidewalks in. They put new playgrounds in. They have already put a uh, XM, X bike track for the kids to play on. Walking trails is out there. All these things, they're, they're getting it done. Amen. So your money is being spent on on the campgrounds. Amen. So just remember that. And again, don't forget this Friday, Brother Dan's funeral. Amen. As is visitation is one to two and two until is the uh funeral itself and is at Connect Church over in on Alaska, right off the interstate on the right hand side, uh there as well. On Cooley Road over there. Kitty Road. Kitty Cooley Road, Amen. Amen. Yes. Live stream. Okay, everybody get that? Okay, on the bulletin board back there is about family camp, uh, how the live stream, if Brother Jacobs can get it working. Sometimes the Internet connection out there in the woods is kind of hard. So just know that that it is available if you can't make it. They're going to try to live stream it uh, from the campgrounds as well. Amen. Don't forget Sunday service. Amen. Discipline classes. Amen. Come ready to have church. Be a light in darkness. Amen. Praise God. Father, we thank you again tonight. Lord, for your goodness and love.